today we are continuing in our series, Shortcuts. Now today's message is about the old and the new. And now we're not talking about materialistic things like cars, homes, cell phones, all those things. We're talking about people's lives. We're talking about the old life before Jesus and the new life after getting to know Christ and accepting him as our Lord and Savior. And so today we have our wonderful panel of people here. Let's start with you, Pastor Pauline, who have been here at... I thought you were going to say the old and the new as in age. And I'm thinking, we gotta, we got to be careful because... <laughs> because... Because I, I'm getting there. Oh, okay, <laughs> so. okay. Be careful. Yeah. Okay, no. We're, we're going to just introduce time. you guys. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I wasn't even including you. You're, you're like the God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, and then Pastor Pauline. So... <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, anyway. Probably, how long have you been here at New Hope Hilo? Oh, a little over 30 years. 30 years. So you've been here for a little while, huh? Bonnie, what about you? About the same, but I was a baby, so. Oh, she was okay, born okay. here. Was... Not born here, but she was a, a child. <laughs> right in that seat right there. Yeah. And Pastor Sheldon, how about you? Uh, 91. I keep forgetting. 25 years. 25 years. Yeah. Tom? About 30 years, too. 30 years. Okay, so being at the church for that many years, you guys kind of know a thing or two, not just about the church and how it got started, but the people mm. you guys have gotten to, to know our congregation as well and so we're going to be talking about someone's life who was the old life before christ and how their lives are today and we actually got permission from this couple to speak about this so pastor pauline what story came to your mind when you thought about this well the the first one that comes to mind is um you know i used to own a store in downtown hilo years ago and i had a customer her name was linda Kayo. And when Linda um, came into my store, she always looked really sad and unhappy. And I thought to myself, I wonder what her story is. Well, fast forward the tape and um, some years down the line, I got to meet, meet uh, and connect with Linda again and also with her husband, George. And this was at the Boys and Girls Club. And by then, I thought, wow, you know, George's such a nice guy. And um, Linda seemed so happy and joyful. And one day I got to sit with Linda and I, I asked her, I said, Linda, uh, what changed for you? Uh, why is it that you're such a different person today? And I said, because I know that you were at one time, you looked really miserable. And she said, well, you know, I really was miserable. I, um, I had a really bad marriage at that time and um, George was a terrible husband. <laughs> I can't even picture that. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> well, it's like every Friday night, he'd come home um, after having, you know, a few with his friends. And she said, I never knew how he would be when he'd come home. But most of the time, he would be angry and um, he'd just talk really mean to me. And the, he set the atmosphere for our house, and I, I would be so scared, and my daughters would be so scared of him. And she said, in fact, sometimes we would check into a hotel and stay there over the weekend because we just didn't, we mm -hmm. were so scared of him. And she said, and you know, he was so antisocial also, and we'd go to events, and we'd go there, eat, and then George would say, let's go. <laughs> and they would stand up and just leave. And I thought, wow, that's not the George that I see today. And she said, well, he's not. She said, in fact, today, she said, 
George is the man that I've been praying for, mm -hmm. and he's the, the husband that I've always wanted. And so life for them had become just so wonderful. And he's serving as an usher. But yes. you know when you talked about him being uh, uh, antisocial, uh, like I only know the George Kael of today, and many of us do. In fact, he's in the back right now, probably wondering, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but even overseeing our sports ministry and, and just such a kindest man, and uh, children are grown up now that have uh, been in our t-ball and coach pitch uh, baseball teams. Uh, but a man like that doesn't just make a change in an instant. I mean, we're talking about the old life and new life. It's because of the Lord, and that's what I think that's what Linda was saying. Yeah, and you know, I don't really remember Uncle George that way because I was, I was young. Um, but one of the things that stands out for me is when we used to break down and set up for um, oh, Boys and yeah. Girls Club. I remember that. And yeah. after Sunday service, we'd break everything down yeah. and he would have the basketballs ready. And I was coming up as a basketball player, and he always encouraged me. Like, I always looked at Uncle George as the, the guy to go to, you know, for tips and whatnot. Right. And he was always so encouraging, and I always saw that side of him. So. Yeah, I always saw him with the whistle after we'd done. Right. He'd down the church, <laughs> <laughs> away, and, Tom, Paul, oh, you know. <laughs> and then um, just yesterday, we got to talk in the men's ministry, Saturday mornings, where he talked about his um, marriage with Linda and how today he's given his wife to the Lord, and he loves Jesus so much more so, uh, more than his wife. And he's confessed that Linda loves Jesus more than, he, than him. Wow. And they're just in a great place today. Yeah. But that's over like 25 years or so. Right. Yeah. And to tell you how much he has changed, uh, we used to have a ballroom dancing um, class. <laughs> and here's this construction guy and the wife gets to talk him into coming and taking yes. this. <laughs> Such a good example because I had a hard time doing the ballroom dancing because I couldn't listen to Heidi. It was so difficult. But that's why you need Jesus. That's why you need Jesus. Yeah, there are no shortcuts. Marsh and I too went to the dance thing and it lasted two times. <laughs> you gotta go, you gotta go see George. Yeah. And now out. he's more social too, right, Pastor Pauline? Yes. He's, he's a different... He oh, yeah. is. He, Linda said to me, you know, now when we go to gatherings and parties, I have to tell him, hey, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys for sharing yeah. today. It goes along with your message about the old and yeah. the new. Yeah. And there are no, short, no shortcuts when it comes to change either because it's not something that, like you said, happens yeah. overnight. So can we just thank our wonderful panel for joining us today. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Well, you can take out your, your, your notes with you, and, and as we talk about these shortcuts, this series that we're in, today we're going to be looking at the old and the new. And realistically, when you think about the old and the new, you start thinking about what is old and what is new, and how do you come to that place of determining what is old and what is new? Because some people love old things. We call it antiques, and they're worth a lot of money, some of them. You'd rather have antiques than new things. Heidi is like that. Like, we'll go to an antique shop or a garage sale, and she sees, like, this old chandelier-looking thing with old Edison bulbs in it, and she'll say, oh, I want that. And I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, it's so old. It's, it's rusted. It's, it's falling apart. But she looks at the potential in what it could be. 
And that's what the Lord looks at in our lives. He says, wait a minute, you may look at your life and, and what you've done in the past and the, the old you, but God sees so much more potential in us. In other words, God would say, I'll take you just as you are because I can make you brand new once again. And the Lord will constantly do that. As time goes on, we begin to wear off. We start to drift sometimes or, or even go back to our old ways. And sometimes people will say, well, if you're a believer, then why do you go back to your old ways? Or sometimes we say that to ourselves. We say, boy, I believe in Jesus, but why is it do I do the same thing I used to do? Why can't I change? In fact, sometimes our spouse says that to the Lord. Why don't you change him? Why don't you change her? And we, we say that to the Lord, but he's saying, I want to bring you from an old life into a brand new life. And that only happens as a result of something supernatural. It's not a decision we make. We partner with the one who gives us the power to have that new life. Heidi and I have been looking at the past year and been praying and, and saying, Lord, where are we right now in our life and, and this new life that you have given to us? Because for Heidi and I, once we said yes to this calling of, of serving Jesus, this is a lifelong adventure. It's not a once or a, a, a two-day deal or a, a one-year offer to God and say, okay, I'm going to serve you for a year. No, this is a lifetime commitment. And so as we continue on in ministry, there are things that God keeps teaching us, and one of them is this new life. As we're talking about George and Linda, they have a new life that is different from their old life. For Heidi and I, we have a new life that is different from our old life. One of, these, one of the things that Heidi and I are learning is this thing called rest. Now, rest just doesn't happen. You've got to decide to rest. That's the new life. In the old life, we just kept going and going and going and going and going. But when we come to know Jesus, one of the things he says to us is to keep the Sabbath, which is one day out of the week you rest. And some of us do that. Some of us don't. And right now you're thinking, boy, I don't, I don't rest. I don't take a Sabbath. I don't take one day out of the week just to set it aside to be holy unto God. In fact, this past Wednesday, if you were here Wednesday night, we went through a video teaching from our Empowered series from our convention, and A.J. Swoboda, who's a pastor in Portland, Oregon, talked about Sabbath and that rest. As he spoke about that, Heidi and I were already praying about this thing called Sabbath, but more than just a day of the week, we looked at an extended Sabbath. I have friends in the ministry, pastors who uh, will take Sabbath rests, sometimes three months, sometimes four months out of the year. And a Sabbath rest is different than a vacation. A vacation, you, you do things and, you, you know, you go on vacation. A Sabbath is when you set aside your life for, an, for a time period and you seek God as well as rest. You know, that's the whole point to this Sabbath is, is setting it apart to be used by God for that rest time. You rest in the Lord. So as we are praying through this Sabbath, uh, we see that video last week, and it so resonated in our hearts because Heidi and I were already planning an extended Sabbath come August 7th, which is next week's Sunday. And we're going to take a Sabbath from next week's Sunday uh, till about September 17th. So it's only about a six-week uh, time period. It's, a, it's actually a short Sabbath, but for Heidi and I, that's like long. It feels so long, six weeks. But that's like summertime for, you know, the high schoolers and junior hires and the 
our children in school. And so Heidi and I will be uh, taking a Sabbath rest, an extended Sabbath, uh, for six weeks. So we're not going to be here for six weeks. And you might be thinking, oh, so no more church. Well, first of all, we're not the head of the church. The Bible says Jesus Christ is the head of the church, and you're the body of Christ. You're the church. And so we're going to have Pastor Ben speaking, and Pastor Marsha will be speaking on Sunday morning. Our staff, of course, will still be here. You as volunteers will still be here. And one of the things that, that comforts us is to know how, uh, uh, how healthy this church is and how uh, our volunteers continuously step up so that everything functions to the way it needs to be in extending love to our community and reaching the lost or reaching people far from God one relationship at a time. That's our heart here, that we always want to reach out to people who are far from God. And so this extended Sabbath is, is for Heidi and I to just seek God. I, I'm, again, I'm in it for the long haul, so this is more preventive. I've also had friends who just went through burnout, and they're no longer in the ministry, and they... Not that they regret certain things, but they're just in a season of life that they're no more in the ministry. And I thought, Lord, what can we learn from this? Now, how, how can I learn from not just my peers that have gone on before me and, and maybe have burnt out, or even those who are still in the ministry 30, 40, 50, 60 plus years? What can I learn? And I see two things on, on both sides, and it, it always comes back to Sabbath, rest. And seeking God's voice and seeking his face. And I thought, Lord, I, I always want to learn before I have to. You know, I, I want to apply it so that I don't have to apply it. You know what I mean? That some of us, because we don't rest, our bodies shut down so that we have to rest. And I thought, Lord, thank you for speaking to Heidi and I. That in this extended Sabbath, we're just going to take some time to seek you and rest so that we can continue on in being healthy and ministry. And it, believe me, it's hard. It's not an easy thing. It took me almost a year just to be okay with it. And praise God, just recently, within the past couple of weeks, it's been more settled in my heart. And I know it's a good thing to do. I know it's a good thing to do. Yet at the same time, the pull of wanting to be here, wanting to see people, and I, I love what I do. I love what God does through me. I love seeing everyone. So uh, Heidi and I, at first, was, we were going to attend church on Sundays. And so I got some wise counsel from our elders, our staff pastors, as well as our council members. And they said, there is no possible way you can rest coming to church on Sundays here. Because people may not understand, or you may have new people that will come up to you, and, or people will want prayer, and th different things like that, and your heart is to serve people also. So there's no way you can rest being here. And that Sabbath really is not doing the normal work you would normally do, or you're taking a break from that normal work and setting yourself aside for the Lord. So if we're here we're going to have a hard time resting because there's no way we can rest. It's like you resting from work at work. It's like sitting down in your office saying, no, I'm just taking a break. I'm just taking a break from work, resting. But you're going to see people do things. You're going to see some things that could be done. You're also going to get some thoughts, and it's going to be in there. So for Heidi and I to, be, to really be clear, to really seek God, we've we got to be away from our home church, which we love so well. But I know that this church will continue to thrive because of who God is. That's just, that, that's just the way he 
birthed this church and the way his church functions. It's, it doesn't function on one person except for the person of Jesus Christ. And so, is that okay? Can we take a short <laughs> six-week break? It's not like you're going to say yes or no. You're going to be like, yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, if you object, you might stand up and say, no, I object, but we're still going to go anyway. But I'm just, I'm just saying thank you for being a church that loves people. Uh, thank you for the love and, and prayers for Heidi and I. Uh, we're doing well. Okay, this is not an upfront thing that we're just saying this because Heidi and I are not doing well and we're going to hide and say, oh, we need counseling, which we actually do, but this is just for that rest time period, okay? So I'm just being open and transparent. There's nothing bad happening. That's why we're doing this, so that we can do preventive things and um, continue to love the church. Okay, I just gave you that introduction just so that you know what's happening in the next six weeks. Uh, You can take out your notes as we talk about these shortcuts. Now, one thing we know is that there are no shortcuts to living a godly life. In fact, today, because of water baptism, it kind of it goes hand in hand with what we're going to be talking about. Some of you have already gotten water baptized. Some of you have recently received Jesus but never gotten water baptized. Water baptism would be that next step. Some of you, maybe you got baptized when you are a little baby, and now you're at a, a place in life where you're saying, you know, I, I want to make that decision for myself. Can I still get baptized? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because baptism is saying to everyone, to the public, you believe in Jesus Christ. And there's there's something that happens of righteousness when we make that decision to obey the Lord in being water baptized. Some of you are on the fence. You're like, I don't know if I should or shouldn't. I I don't know what it's like. I would say just obey the Lord, not your flesh or circumstances or things like, oh, but so-and-so not getting baptized, so I'm not going to get baptized. That's the wrong reason. It should be because the Lord said so. And so you can register at our information center, or when you come down to Coconut Island, you can register there too. That's the new life that God has given to us. And not only has He given us this new life, but He, he also includes with it the power to go along with this new life. Because we're going to need power to go on with this new life. You know, if we talk about the old life and, and the new life, isn't it true that it's, it's sometimes so hard to live this new life when other people do things that bring out our old life? So Heidi and I just came back from Oahu. We were uh, there for our fam- my family reunion and we just got back last night, but we were at Ala Moana, and I'm, I'm, I drop off Heidi because she went to this coffee shop, you know, got her coffee, and then uh, got back in the car, so I met her at the car. So she said, did you see that guy? I said, what guy? She goes, yeah, I'm just walking, and you know how you're walking, you see someone, and they kind of say, hi, you know, spirit of aloha. So she goes, hi. And then this guy says, so Heidi is telling me this story. She says, yeah, this guy sees me, so I'm being nice, say hi. He says, hi, and he says, hey, can I? Can I ask you a question? And at that point, the way he said it, Heidi said, no, no way. And she kept walking. And he goes, a hug. Can I even get a hug? I said, really? The guy said that? She goes, yeah, like, weirdo. No, I'm not giving you a hug. I don't know who you are. So she came to the car, and I said, where, where's the guy? You know, as husband, where, where, where's the guy? And she said, oh, I don't know. He's kind of walking. I said, where, where is he? I just, I just want to know. Like, like, can I take him on or if he's too small? What? But where is he? And she goes, he's gone already. And a little, I felt a little bit of my old self come out. Like I was thinking, where, where is that guy? I show him one hug. I show him one hug. 
I give him one bear hug. I hug that guy. I hug him from the rear. You know, I can, I can hug him. But I just, I just thought, well, why, is, why is the old self still there? Why do we still think that way? There's just something inside of us that kind of boils up. There are no shortcuts to living a godly life, especially this new life. And everyone, every single one of us, has done something in our lives that we're not proud of, something in our past. But God said, that's your past. I've taken care of that. Here's a hopeful future for you. And the sacrifices that Jesus made for us has a rewarding future for every single person. We must say to ourselves, that's not me anymore. It's not me anymore. We can correct it here before it drops here and acts out here with our flesh. We can correct it very quickly. See, the old life that we have, sometimes it's, it's hard because we love hanging on to old things. Because we, we deem it valuable. We, we, we paid the price for it. Maybe we made some sacrifices for things in our life or even the life that we have today. And so we hang on to the old ways. Like, I didn't get to this place in life only for so-and-so to ruin it. I didn't buy this thing so that it just deteriorates. For instance, we love hanging on to old things so much that we don't even know how to get rid of it. Like slippers. Like when our slipper breaks. Now understand finances. That's one thing. But some of us, we just tape them. Like something breaks. Like I remember I had a shoe for seven years. It was a good shoe. But it broke. You know how the front comes off and it starts talking as you're walking? Yeah, it came like that. I just duct taped it. Put some Gorilla Glue on it. I just, I kept it good because the top looked nice. But it still had duct tape on it. It's an old shoe. It wasn't functioning as it should. Maybe your purse breaks. You're like, man, I love this bag. I'll just go put on paper clips, staple them, and put some screws in. And then it looks really good. Nobody knows because we like hanging on to the old. We have so much old stuff that our garage cannot hold the new car. We buy a tent for a $30,000 car and keep worthless things in a $15,000, $20,000 garage. Like we're going backwards. It's like God is saying, why do we care so much for old things more than the new. And it kind of plays a part in our lives that we, we sometimes love hanging on to the old. We love the, the anger. We love telling people off. We love posting things that that's my old life, and then, but this is my new life. We, we like the old, but we forget about the new. And that transition becomes very difficult when we don't understand the power that comes behind this new life. Let's look at our first scripture in Luke chapter 3, verse 16. Verse 16, and the Bible says, John, who was the, uh, the Baptist, John the Baptist, answered their questions by saying, I baptize you with water, but someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I am not even worthy to be his slave and untie the straps of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. See, God wants us to take care of, of what is valuable to him rather than storing the junk in our hearts. He's saying you got to get rid of that old things, those old things. And just like a volcano that lays dormant in this new life, we're just one decision away for that old life to erupt and come out. 
but there are no shortcuts to a godly life. When John the Baptist was saying this, we got to remember John the Baptist was actually the prophet of the Old Testament, the last prophet of the Old Testament before Jesus came. And because John was that last prophet, by the time he starts speaking about the coming Messiah, the chosen one, the Christ, the anointed one, he's baptizing people in water. And then when Jesus comes, he says, behold, the Lamb of God. In other words, you want to transition from an old life to a new life? That's the guy you got to meet. He's the one. Baptism, yes, you can, but he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Like there's going to be such a change, a difference because of the power that comes with it. See, we, every single one of us can live this new life that God has freely given to us. We're going to look at three things to help us. I mean, here's the first thing, and you, if you want to write this in, but just remember this, that God empowers us for this new life. There's power that comes with it. It's not just God saying, he's not just saying, here's a new life for you, good luck. Here's your new life. Here's a, here's a picture of my promise. I hope you do well. He says, no, here's the new life that you have in me, and here's the power that comes with it. You're going to be baptized with the power of the Holy Spirit. In other words, it's not trying to get so much of the Holy Spirit. It's saying, Lord, you need to have more of me. Just take more of me. More of my old life. Because he can do something with it. But if we hang on to our old life while trying to grab this new one, it's not going to work out. So we're on Oahu and you know they have these escalators, right? Well, my grandchildren, the second one, he's four years old. He doesn't remember going on an escalator. Now, the oldest one, six years old, Jaden, he remembers, so he'll walk on. Well, the, the four-year-old, we're in the, in the airport, and so he's, he's looking at this moving stairs. He's like, wow, like Disneyland to him, wow. So he goes, okay. He steps on, he's like, oh, no. And he starts going, and he starts doing the splits. So I just watch him, see what's going to happen, see if he's going to make a decision to do something different. And he looks at me and goes, Papa, help. And so I grabbed his hand and said, you can't have one foot on the moving escalator and one on solid ground. You can't do that. You're going to die. You're going to split in half. And I thought, wait a minute. That's what God says for us. We can't have one foot in the new life while hanging on to the old life. You're going to die. You're going to split in half. And that's why we go crazy. Because we're trying to hang on to the old life while trying to move with the new life. God says, you're going to kill yourself. You're going to go crazy. You've got to let go of the old life so that you can live the new life. Sometimes we're fearful. Sometimes we don't know how, but God says, I, I'm going to empower you to do so. He's going to give us the Holy Spirit to empower us to live this new life. We were at the zoo. You know how they have the playground? Smart, brilliant idea because they never had the playground when we were growing up. Parents just went nuts watching the kids. But now you can let your kids play and you can sit on the bench and watch your children burn off all the energy. Well, there's his monkey bars. And so my grandson, the oldest one, six years old, Jaden, he's going on the monkey bars. So I'm thinking, you know, you can, you can do greater things on this monkey bars. It looks boring, but you can do better things on this than just... So I said, hey, Jaden, can you hang and just swing your body? And just swing, catch a lot of momentum, and then let go and skip one and grab the next one. <laughs> this is what I do to my grandchildren. 
because he loves watching American Ninja Warrior. He loves watching this thing. He goes, Papa, I want to be an American Ninja Warrior. He starts jumping on all our furniture and doing flips in the house. I'm like, do it, dude. But it's on carpet. But now he's on this monkey bar. So I'm practicing with him. So he's swinging. He just keeps swinging back and forth. He says, Papa, I can't do it. I said, you can. And then he'll swing with one. And then he'll try again. And I said, you know, I'll spot you. I'll just, I'll watch you. So he's swinging. And he tries and he falls. But I catch him. And he gets so discouraged. He says, Papa, I can't do it. I said, can't is not in our dictionary, son. We're going to try this again. And so we try again. And then we try and try again. I kept trying to, you know, help him along the way. And then finally, he kind of got the rhythm down just enough so that he knows what to do. So I sit down. And then he's by himself with some other kids, and he's very competitive. Gets that from Heidi, I think. <laughs> and as he's swinging on this thing, this other kid comes, kind of watching him. Now, I, I know my grandson well enough to know that when he's looking at another kid, he's like, watch this. And he did it. And he caught the next ring. He didn't skip one. He's not there yet. Okay, he's only six. Come on, guys, please. So he catches the next one, and then he jumps down. He runs up to me. He goes, Papa, I did it. Did you see? I said, yes, you did a great job, and just encouraged him. And as I'm doing this, I'm thinking, Lord, that's what you do to us, don't you? That you tell us this is what you can do with your new life. It looks hard, but I'll help you. I'll help you along the way. I'll, I'll help you to be an, a, an, a husband. I'll help you to be a wife. No, not your old ways, a new way. But I don't know how. It's so hard. My pride comes up. But she's wrong. He's wrong. Yeah, for now, but just keep swinging. I got you. Just die to self. Apologize. I can't apologize. It's not my fault. No, just try to apologize. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, you almost had it. You almost had it. You can say it again. You can ask, say, forgive me. I can't say forgive me. I'm just going to be nice to her. That's forgiveness enough. And so we try and try. After a while, we come back to the Lord and say, thank you. Thank you. We got to do this together. And your spouse will one day say, this is the man I've always been praying for. This is the woman that I've always been praying for. Now, you're not going to say it to their face, but that's kind of discouraging because it's like, wait, wait a minute. What? You never liked me before. No, it's we all are transitioning from an old life to a new life. But the greatest news is that he gives us power to do so. Acts chapter 1 verse 5, as the early church was being birthed, the Bible tells us that John baptized with water. But in just a few days, you would be baptized with the Holy Spirit. See, God doesn't expect you to do what the Holy Spirit is not able to empower you to do. If there's a life change that is taking place, he only expects what the Holy Spirit can do. So whatever he's asking us to change or to do different, he only asks because he gives us the power to do so. He's not going to leave us on the wayside and say, well, you're on your own. He's saying, no, you can be the husband I have planned and purposed you to be. Yes, you can be the wife, the mother, the dad, the worker, the, the light in this world. You can do these things, the student, the, the child. You can do these things. Because I've given you the power in which to do so. I don't leave you by yourself and, and give you all these promises without giving you the power. He will never ask you to do what he can't do through you. He will always ask with the power to go alongside of it. 
that's what he does. The question is, what are you believing God to do in your life that you can't do, but he can do through you? Because he'll give you the power to do so. Here's the second thing, and this is what we we tend to forget from time to time, but don't ever forget the power of the cross. Because it seems like, oh, this has passed by already, the power of the cross. He, He died on the cross for our sins, so now we live this new life. But don't ever underestimate the power of the cross. And always coming back to the cross. Most of the New Testament was written by Paul, who was an apostle, who came to know Jesus later on in life. He was a Pharisee, someone who followed the laws of God. In other words, he, he knew the laws of God and, and even taught the laws of God. But he had a hard time living it out. So by the time he met Jesus Christ and Jesus speaks words to him of a new life, Paul has this life change. And now because he's living this new life, he says, I, I, I preach the cross of Christ. Because Paul knew that we, could never, we should never stray from forgetting the power of the cross. And he says, here's, here's what you should never forget, the power of the cross. In fact, 2 Peter, Peter caught this, who was one of Christ's disciples. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5-9 through 9. Peter says, in view of all this, make every effort, if you want to underline that word or or highlight it, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with the generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient endurance and patient endurance with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection. And brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. See, we tend to forget the power of the cross. The cross took care of our old sins. So we need not to live it anymore. Or hang on to it. Or feel guilty when people bring it up. It's your old life. It's done. It's been cut off. It's gone. It's now dead. The power of the cross begins with making every effort to respond to God's promises. And then it ends with love for everyone. That's what Peter was talking about. See, the knowledge of Jesus Christ, the cross of Christ and all that he did, allows us to remember that he did this for us on the cross. That's the power that comes with it. But for those who fail to develop it in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. In other words, when we forget the power of the cross, we forget the power of His promises. We always got to go back to the cross and what Christ did. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4 tells us that by His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know Him, the one who called us to Himself by means of His marvelous glory and excellence. And because of His glory and excellence, He has given us great and precious promises. These are the the promises that enable you to share His divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Yeah, He's saying, listen, we're all going to have these human desires, but the way to escape that is by God's divine power. It's His promises. 
the great promises that it gives to us because he has a purpose for us, which you can write in your last point, to live this new life according to God's purpose. I'm so glad that God has a purpose for our new life, that we can live in it. There's a purpose for it. It's like when you get something new. Remember when we first got these cell phones that could text? We would text every word. Someone would text us, hello, how are you? There was no R or a U. We started doing shortcuts after a while because we found out this takes so long. Remember, remember it was the number system you had, or like each letter you have to press like A, B, C. You got to wait. D, E, F, G, whatever. I'm not spelling anything, but I say it took a long time. It took forever. And then it was like, okay, I'm not going to spell things. I'm not going to say, how are you? Oh, I am doing magnificently awesome sauce. How are you doing, my dearest of all grandmother? Yeah, we don't do that. We just say, how are you? Thumbs up. See how simple that was? See how quick that was? That's what we do now. Why do we do that? Because it takes too long. It takes forever. Now, because of this, this new life that God has given to us, He has a purpose for us. And now with new technology, we use it for its purpose. Old technology, new technology, both had purpose, but you used it for what it was purposed for. I don't think now you would go back to an old system trying to use new technology. And I don't think in this new life we want to go back to old life, old living. Because God has given us a promise for this new life. And I'm so glad for this new life. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it hurts to live this new life. Sometimes there's a peeling away of the old. In fact, it reminded me last night, so I'm getting ready. So I, I iron my clothes, put the iron down, and I'm going to unplug something. And, that I, and I always do as I unplug it. But we got a new iron, so it's a little taller. And so when I pulled the plug, it slipped, and I, I, I just felt this nice, cool sensation. And I heard this little tss. I was like, that sounds like seared ahi. What was that? And then I feel this, ah! So I have this nice little burn right here. Put some cream on it last night. And, and, I, and I thought, I'm going to have new skin there. And then the Lord said, you know that when you got burnt, that skin is now dead. I said, yes. He says, you know it's going to peel off, right? I said, yes. Because I just got sunburned the other week. My whole face peeled off. He says, nah, yeah, now you have new skin. That transition from the old skin to the new skin sometimes will hurt, and you're going to see a falling away of, but it's okay because it's just surface skin. Some things in our life, if we really think about it, it's really surface old life that God can easily take care of. 
but it's us who hang on to the old. Imagine now, imagine that you got sunburned on your face and your skin peeled and you hang on to the old skin on your face. It's like, oh, that's my old skin. That's years of, that's years of practice right there. That's old skin right there. I put a lot of makeup on that. You know how much time I spent on that old skin? Yes, that's good skin. That's still good, you know. And then you put it back on your face. You apply, you put some glue. You put it back on. No one in their right mind would hang on to old skin. In, in fact, we exfoliate to get rid of old skin. So much so is that we get like a sander. Why? Because we get rid of the old to make way for the new. So here's what God does. He exfoliates, sands off our old life. Why in the world do we pick it back up? He says, I have a purpose for you. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 17, it says, either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive this new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How different we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. So you know what the Bible is telling us? That yes, we have this new life, but live according to his purpose, not our own. Not from a human perspective, not from our human point of view. Because we used to do that. We used to evaluate everything from a human perspective. And he says, you no longer do that. Stop evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how different we know him now. This includes evaluating ourselves from a human point of view. He says, get rid of that old stuff. Galatians 5, 24 and 26, or through 26, it says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires, see, we're still going to have those desires, of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. In other words, you killed it. It's done. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Listen very carefully. There are no shortcuts to living this new life. The only way is by the way of the cross. There are no shortcuts. This is the best way. God says, I took care of your old life because I have promises in this new life. This new life that God has for us, we have yet to see the greater things coming up. Jesus said to us, in fact, before he ascended into heaven, he said, you're going to do greater things than me. And if you read the life of Jesus Christ, he did some great things. He said, no, you're going to do greater things than me. And I don't know about you, but I, I, I'd rather live the greater things than hang on to the old. Would you say amen to that? You can put away your notes and, and close your Bibles. just want to give you a heads up. Next week, we're going to be talking about the road to relationships or the road of relationships that God created us for relationship. And every relationship that we have is going to come out of our relationship with God.
And so this old life and new life, it's going to happen because of this relationship that he gives to every single person. Today is our, what we call Mission Sunday, and some time ago, I, th- I think some of you were here when John Mazariegos came and, and spoke to us. He's one of our missionaries in New Mexico, and we support him every month. And so we asked him, we said, John, can you just address our church when you're here so that when we receive this missions offering that you can speak to us? And, and we just recorded him through video, and, and so we wanted to show that to you before we receive this offering. And, and for some of you, God has just given you a heart for the rest of the world, and he's given you a heart for missionaries and, and the work that is being done. And so when we receive this offering, it's, it's for those who God puts on their hearts. That you give out of obedience. And when you do so, you're going to see more work being done around the world. We have what we call Foursquare Missions International uh, in our denomination. And Pastor John is one of those who we support. And he continuously reaches out to people in some dangerous places so we're going to watch this video and just him addressing you and I, and then we're going to receive our offering, and then we're going to close. So let's take a look at this video from John Mazariegos. Well, um, first of all, I want to thank New Hope Hilo and, um, for all the years of your support and prayers. And what we're doing now is two things. We want to plant churches where cartel are recruiting their workers. We also want to start little kindergartens and um, day careers for all these different um, locations where we want to plant church, we want to reach the children. And then the third thing we want to do is really have this, um, this ministry where people 50 and above would come down and be with us for a week and get rejuvenated, revitalized, and reconnected with the mission that God has for them according to their design and purpose. So those are the three things that we're looking at, starting kindergartens, planting churches where the cartels are at, and in our city, which is um, a beautiful colonial city of two million, um, to bring people from all over, because it's safe now, um, to come all over from all over the U.S. or wherever to spend a week with us and get revitalized. Those are the three things that we're going to commit our lives to for the next 10 years. However, However small or large the offering is, we support a lot of ministry. More than anything, I, I, I just covet your prayers um, to, for God to sustain us, for God to give us courage, for God to protect us, and to continue to give us the vision to reach um, Central Mexico. Mahalo, mahalo, mahalo. I just want to thank you for, from the bottom of my heart for your generosity, your love, uh, your support. When I come here, this hospitality, it's, uh, this is the easiest place I ever have to minister to. I mean, everything goes so rapidly, so wonderfully, and the celebration. You have such a generous, loving church, and I love ministering in the name of Jesus and New Hope Hilo. Yeah, so would you pray with me? Let's bow our heads for a moment as we close and uh, receive this special offering. Lord, thank you for giving us the privilege of not only giving to you so that more people can come to know you around the world, but we also pray for John Mazariegos, his wife Robin, and their children in this wonderful church in New Mexico. We pray that your move there and your spirit that is moving there would capture hearts. And the gift that we give, Lord, is going to go a long way because you're the one who provides and you're the one who expands your kingdom. So we pray your blessing over this special giving. Lord, I pray for those who are here today. And this old life and this new life, boy, what a struggle at times. 
but you've given us the power to live out the purposes that you've planned for us. You don't just leave us, you, you empower us. Some of you are here today and you're saying, boy, I have this new life attached to me. Yeah, it's still there. And, but I also love Jesus. I love God. And He's done great things in my life. If you're here today and you're saying, you know, I believe in Jesus, I'm just reminded today that I'm empowered to live this new life. And so I receive that power today. If that's you, would you just lift a hand and you're saying, Lord, we receive that power today. Yeah, Lord, all of us, we, we receive that. You can put your hands down. And I pray for all of our marriages, Lord, our families. That you've called us to be your ambassadors as well as light bearers, that we could shine lights in our family and even in our work environment. Maybe some of you are here today and you're saying, I, you know, I don't, I don't believe in Jesus yet, but I, I, I do understand the old life and the new life. And maybe today you're saying, you know what, I want to get, I want to, receive this new life i hear that it's a free gift because of what jesus has done and so i want to begin to live that new life i see vision for my life now i i i see that god has given me great potential and i want to live that out but i know i can't do it on my own i need a spotter i need a a helper i need the holy spirit and if that's you today and you want to say yes to Jesus for the first time, would you just lift a hand and I'll pray with you. You're just saying, Lord, I want Jesus in my heart. Okay, anybody else? You're saying, I, I want Jesus. Yeah, God sees you too. Yeah, God sees you right here. Yeah, he's touching your heart. He's giving you vision for your life. He's releasing all of that burden that you, was car- that you were carrying. Your old self, the past is gone. You have a brand new future in Jesus' name. Can you put your hands down? Let's pray, pray this prayer together, especially for those who are saying yes to Jesus for the first time. And here's our prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for your power that empowers me to do your will, to live according to your purpose, and to be impactful in this world Lord Jesus I believe you died on the cross for my sins forgive me make me brand new I believe you rose from the grave showing me that I too can rise again by putting my old life to death In Jesus' name I pray, we all said, Amen.